Welcome to an extra super duper special mega event here on ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man whose name translated from the ancient Greece is Jerkamedes. I give you the Brent. Yo, weary traveler. That's all you got, Jerkamedes? <laughs> Sorry. That's why you're such a jerk. <laughs> you, got nothing, you got nothing good to say. <laughs> so, and I called you uh, uh, weary. Well, that's true. If you joined us last week, I am weary. Yes. If you joined you us are. last week, you might be wondering why we're on an hour earlier. Wrong! We're all right on time. America has time shifted. That's what we do. We have, <laughs> we have traveled forward in time by one hour. But this is our normal time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. Nevertheless, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. We made the exciting deal, Brent. It's exciting, isn't it? No. It all right, is. Yes. It's incredibly exciting. Some are more excited than others. Because this week, on this very show, bam, it's Acorn freaking Archimedes, dude. Man, their Acorn, Acorn is very Archimedes. green. That's right. The greenest of the green. That's it, my friend. Now, I've been dying to dig into the old Acorn Archimedes as me and the boat kept reading its name off when we were covering Amiga software. It came up <laughs> yes, many it, times. Yeah. Yep, and, got, and vice versa. It's got a cool name, the Archimedes. Well, part of it's cool. What are you talking about? Acorn? That's not... From that's, from the small acorn grows the mighty oak, you jerk. That's yeah, how it works. But the, <laughs> does it also grow mm. the uh, the mighty Archimedes? That's right. They got a, they got a, a grove of, of trees that they pop these suckers out of. You know, of all the, of all the mm. nut family... Or seed family. Speaking Acorn's family. probably one of the one of the lamer ones. What do you mean? You could have went with like chestnut. The chestnut Archimedes. That what? sucks. Just for saying that, that you've once again earned the title <laughs> Jerkimedes. So what did you know about the Acorn Archimedes before? Nothing. I, I saw it doing some Amiga stuff in the past, but never even cared to look it up. That's so right. I went. In, I went into this one hundred percent blind. Well, so I, pretty I, much like every week. I mean, I didn't even know what decade this thing was released in. I thought it was an eighties computer. Oh, oh my! I God. thought it was late eighties. I was wrong. Allow me to educate you. I am ready for my educations because the uh, this thing is a pretty interesting machine. Let's talk about this bad boy. So developed by the fine folks at Acorn Computers, uh, this machine was released. And by the way, you weren't wrong. All Why right. are you laughing about that? Why is that so funny to you, Acorn? Why? <laughs> Why would they do it? Okay, go ahead. This thing was was released in the eighties, June of eighty seven. So you, it's it's in that wheelhouse. It's right there. Okay. It's very similar to the, the timeline of the Amiga. Now this thing, this thing wasn't cheap, brother. Uh, it was introduced at a price of eight hundred pounds. That's not horrible. Today's wad. Twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean that's what you would in pounds or three large in the U.S. Yeah, I mean it, three large, three grand is what you would expect to to pay for a top tier computer now. Well, I'm just well, I'm just saying, and this was well, I mean I, maybe you're right. I don't know. So the, let's talk about before we get too far into the Archimedes. Let's just briefly touch on the on the actual uh, company of Acorn because yeah, I want to know some why. Again, I just don't understand the whole uh, nut theme. Well, listen, I don't know why they're called Acorn. I've oh. got that. Sorry, I'm not going to help you out here. I think Acorn is a great name, especially when you're into educational computers. Like I said, from the, from the Wait, Acorn. Wait, this was an educational computer? No, this wasn't. Oh, okay. So Acorn was a, was a British company, obviously, stat, that were from Cambridge. 
and they came into being around uh, 78, 79, okay? Now, their big claim to fame was the BBC microcomputer. Now, we covered that. Yes. Much, I, I think both, uh, the week, me and you covered that. I know me and yeah. Bo covered it. Uh, yeah, much much more fun computer. What are you talking about? What? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, you're out, you're out of your mind. Anyways, so this computer was the bomb. Of course, it was developed with the BBC and used for their, to go coincide with the their uh, TV series tutorial on how to use computers. They taught the nation how to use these. They were sure. in school. They were, they were everywhere. And so <clears throat> some, so at some point, they were like, hey, time to upgrade this sucker with something awesome. And so here we go. So amongst the things the Acorn uh, had going for it, this thing was the first risk-based home computer, Brent. Risk. Yeah. All right. There were three different types of, there were three different like, runs of the Archimedes. You got the 300, the 400, the 500 series. It's a lot like the Amigas. They're pretty much the, sort of the same with some like, extra accoutrement. Now, you had, uh, I've got a list here of your different Archimedes models. It's a very short list. So, if you had the three A305, that's the 512 K RAM. That's a why do you even have a computer? No, that's not true. That's exactly. Listen, this is exactly what the Amiga 1000 was like. That you know, the, and and then you've got the A310. This that's your one meg. The 410 had a meg. Then you get again. These are very similar to the Amiga. Yeah. Then you go into the 420. You've got the two megs of RAM, and this one comes with a hard disk. I, I think this is the minimum. Then you've got the 440. It came with four megs of memory and a hard and a, a 40 meg hard a 40 meg hard disk. We are so spoiled yeah. now. <laughs> and then the A540, the big dog, 16 meg RAM. This is sort of like their A4000T or something. Yeah, yeah. With a 120 meg hard drive. So then, then you're laughing when you get to, when you get to that part of it. Uh, <coughs> these things had all the normal stuff you'd expect. They had a built-in uh, three and a half inch floppy drive. Uh, they had all kinds of extra crap. Again, just like the Amiga, there were people making cards for it. They had MIDI cards. They had SCSI cards. You know, they had all kinds of crap. They had FPUs. This, one, this is way closer to a what modern computer than a lot of the stuff we've covered in the past. It, well, again, this one this one falls, to me, it falls firmly into that Amiga, it is. Into that Amiga yeah. zone. No, I 100% I agree. Now, because it has tons of, uh, uh, like you were saying, expansion cards and stuff. Yeah. It had a lot of them. Now, uh, let's, fair let's talk about the games on this thing, all okay. right, just for, just for a minute before we move on to our thing. So, if you look, I did a, I, I found some websites that had lots of old ads and stuff for this thing, and so I looked through them. Now, me and Boat have covered a ton of, uh, of Amiga games, obviously. And so we've came across the uh, Archimedes a million times. And it, again, a very Amiga-like, and I looked at some of their games, uh, and they had a lot of the same games, frankly. Uh, they had uh, um, they had a lot of the exact same games actually, and some of the games I actually tried a bunch of games this week just to get my dip my toe in the pool. Sure. This thing, and I, I had I had played a few of them. This yeah. thing I would say now again you're talking about someone who is not a uh, who is not a uh, aficionado on the on our Archimedes, and I'm certainly not an aficionado on sound and graphics and the, the resolution stuff. But they look, I would say the Archimedes just from my experience. The audio was sort of on par with the Amiga, and the video was, the, the the actual video was not quite there, but pretty good. It's not it wasn't quite as good. I, I, yeah, yeah, now, I would agree with that. That much said, it did some things that the Amiga 
couldn't do it better. And one thing I noticed is that when it came to, uh, and of course this goes back to that risk processor, no doubt. When it came to like rendering 3D objects in space, <laughs> like that's a whole different ball game. Yes. This thing could this thing could do can move uh, objects around like they're going out of style. And so that was a real strong point. That's sort of one of Amiga's weaker points. Yeah. One thing this thing had going for it, <coughs> of course, uh, the RISC processor has been it has now been around for quite a while. But I mean, this the RISC and ARMS, they BBC, they these guys actually pioneered all this stuff. And so they knew what they were doing when they put this machine together. They knew what they wanted it to do. <clears throat> and one of the things they did that I thought was really clever is they put their operating system on the, on a chip. Uh, when you boot the thing up, it comes right up. There Now, I had heard that this thing had a really good sort of front end, like an operating system, and I thought it did. Yeah. I was real, it was very Windows-like. Yeah, it was very 311-ish. Um, once I found a good emulator for this uh, and could actually get in there and tool around, I went and messed around with the, with the front end. And the front end is... Uh, um, they had, it, they had paint programs. They had setup programs. Mm -hmm. The way it was structured was sort of like it was like um, I mean I would put it on par with say a uh, oh a, like a Windows. It was like somewhere in the ballpark of like a Windows ninety five. I mean no, I it was, wasn't as robust, but I'm saying it had the way it was set up was pretty good. Yeah, what, yeah. What did you think? I thought you it was very around? I thought it was very Windows three eleven, <clears throat> and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I thought three, Windows three eleven was great for the time. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, uh, everything was very uh, intuitive. I didn't have any trouble getting around. Everything made sense. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was actually really good. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you installed stuff, it was kind of uh, odd. When you installed something uh, on the emulator, it would put it down into a list of icons. And one thing I didn't like that it let you do is you could <laughs> install the same thing multiple times without even really knowing it. Yeah. So I installed, like I was trying to get my game to run and I kept installing it, installing it, installing it, installing it. So I had like seven of them installed. It's one thing, you, one thing if you didn't know what you were doing, you could do that. But it, and it's, it's funny, some some of the games I tried did that and some of them just ran. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think was, that was, that's the coding of the game. I'm just saying, I wish when it did install it, uh, it, it made its presence more well known than just popping. I guess once you do it once, you figure out that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So it's not a huge deal. I'm just saying from a, a a beginner's experience, I found that a little odd. I should mention here, uh, according to my notes, I, I had I had a good laugh. The operating system was named Arthur, and then it, they renamed it Risk OS. Good move. <laughs> and and, they, and I love the the graphical interface is called Wimp. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Windows menu icon pointer. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny, too. Um, overall, though, this thing, as we have tiptoed through a bunch of these old games and these old machines, uh, uh, the let's face facts, The uh, we've had a rough go of it when it comes to some of these operating systems. We're trying to use some of these machines. This one I thought was a breeze. So if you want to... Yeah, if you wanna, I agree. If you want to emulate this thing... It's not that tough. I mean, I, I, and what emulator you get makes a huge difference. Do, do you remember the one I sent you? I, I honestly don't. Archimator or something like that. I can't remember. I'll, I'll put something about it in the show notes down there at the bottom of the screen. So these guys held on for a while. It did pretty well. 
uh, this they just continued this uh, in the early nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, well, mid. Yeah, it depends on your perspective. I guess it was somewhere because it was after ninety five, or was it? Yeah, it was in, on or around ninety five. I don't think so. Let me reconsult my notes here. I think maybe you're on on super crack. Uh, oh yeah, mid nineties. My bad. So and eventually, BBC the the um, the acre was broken up and it went into a, several different areas, including phones and whatnot. But the wrist processor still around, arm still around. Oh yeah, I mean you know, you're carrying an arm processor right now. To me, I remember back in the day, I was thinking to myself the wrist thing sounded really cool. Like oh man, this sounds really neat. It seemed like real super exotic and whatnot. Uh, these machines. Uh, uh, they're still around. I mean, people are still using them. I found a pretty decent community of, uh, out there, you know, and there's plenty of places to get the games. I want to say something about the community that I All found right. out. Uh, originally, I wanted to uh, play a game called Morph. Yeah, and, well, let's talk about this. Well, I I had the show set up for Morph and everything. Uh, I attempted to find the game, and it's a it's a fairly rare game. Um, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> well, no. Let me talk. I'm sorry. Let I'm sorry. Uh, so I started doing some digging with a couple sources that find rare games. That's kind of their thing. And I asked him if he had found anything on the Archimedes where I can maybe get a you know either a full dump of everything or blah blah blah. And he said that the Archimedes community is a little weird when it comes to game distribution, and when they get those rare ones. They hoard them and trade them. Remember the Mugen community where you would trade fighters with everybody? And, yeah. And some people would have all the fighters, and then they but they would only trade with people to get new fighters. Apparently, the Archimedes community, at least back in the uh, uh, mid-2000s, when this guy was hot and heavy into getting Archimedes games, that's the way they do it. You've got to get into those forums. You have to get into those communities to get some of the rarer titles. Um, I understand it, uh, and also they've got a the they've got a big thing with some of these games are still uh, purchasable by the original copyright holders, so they they try to avoid getting those games dumped out on the web. So they're very protective of the software that's out there. And I found that very interesting, and that's one of the reasons why I couldn't find my game. I found tons of software. Oh, no, no, no. Of there it. are, there is. But another thing you have to understand is there are tons of things out there for the Archimedes. Tons and tons. Uh, but some of those rare titles, people kind of hoard. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm looking at a chat here, and Megan Bang just brought up a good point I'd forgotten to mention. If you notice, if you're watching at home, you've got a set of orange keys across the top of this, or red. Uh, the the uh, the function keys in this were colored differently depending on the mo basically the, the purpose of that machine. You had different colored keys for home, education, for business. This is a kind of a wacky setup, but I kind of like that. Yeah, that's that's. And good. the keys do give it. You get it. It does have a, a different look to it with those different colored keys. Yeah, I'm for that. Yeah, I like that. So uh, I I did like I said I looked like game versus for your game. And the funny thing is the same people that make. The game I did this week did your game. Yeah, fourth so dimension. You would think it wouldn't be, you know, it, that your story reminds me more of the virtual pinball community. That, that, that the them Mugen too. Community. Oh no, the Mugen community is exactly like that. So, nevertheless, we were uh, tasked with coming up with a couple games, and again, having looked over a ton of these games, and I looked over a bunch. Uh, <clears throat> I looked over six this, or seven. This thing has a, a slew of tremendous games, in my opinion. Uh, just from uh, the ones I played and, and the ones I looked at now, um, 
would you, does this translate well if you're coming over from, say, an Amiga or an Atari ST? Are you going to be blown away? <clears throat> you're going to be in familiar territory. Let's just say that. But this thing did have some games that I didn't see on any other system, which is the one ones that, the one I picked was something I don't think got released on anything else. Same with me, and same I with believe. Yours. So there are some, there's some hidden gems out there uh, if you care to look. And there are some big name games. Uh, out there as well that uh, uh, that we didn't look at, but they are very popular in the community. Absolutely. Like there are some pinnacle games on this machine. So let's go ahead and get into it, Brent. Uh, I'm going to let you lead the show this week. What do you got for us? Uh, since I couldn't find Morph, I went with Oddball. Yeah, this... <laughs> Tell them about this one. Oddball, very interesting game. This was released way late into the cycle of uh, the system. Uh, was released in 1995. This is one of the very few original 32-bit uh, Archimedes games. And it used that processing power to manage these huge sprites uh, and huge environments and pushed a three-layer parallax scrolling, which was really nicely done. Uh, so, Oddball, what do you do? Okay, let me step back a second. I don't like Arkanoid games. I don't like breakout games. I find the concepts very boring. As You don't like Revenge of Doe? No. No, I don't like any of them. So, when I, like I saw this, I thought, okay, maybe this is going to change my mind because this is such a different concept, a different take on uh, that kind of gameplay. In Oddball, you play as a paddle, and you have a, a ball that you hit around just like, uh, you know, up and down. But you can take your paddle and go anywhere in the level. And these levels are expansive. So you're basically just trying to control your ball uh, to not hit certain squares or certain areas that will kill your ball and take out all the bricks. The issue with the game is the paddle on this thing is huge. The paddle takes up one-third of the screen. Yes. Okay? It is very... The ball... You're very zoomed in. Yes. The ball is, is the size <laughs> of, like, a quarter, like, on your screen. So, you're navigating these levels, and if you didn't have the map that was in the upper right-hand corner, yeah. they call it the scanner, this game would be absolutely unplayable. I looked at the scanner 90% of the time when I was playing to navigate the ball through these vast levels. Yeah. And like I said, there are, are a few hazards. Your ball can go off the board and you can die that way, although the boards are pretty contained. Um, the ball, the way I died more than anything else was the ball would get smashed between moving blocks. Um, it's hard to die. It's not hard to die in the, levels, in the later, well, not later levels, because I only got the level four on this thing, but uh, it, it's, it gets easier to die the farther into the game you get. You also get the, all the power-ups you would expect. There are, uh, you know, multi-ball and magnet, and uh, uh, one of the early power-ups you get, I think you can start with this, is you get a line that shows where your ball is at if it's not on the screen with you. So I think, it'll I, kind I think of, that's a power. I think that's a that, that's the well, thing. Because you can turn it on and off. Yeah, you so, can. Because yeah. you can get things to replace it. It's like it. an aim line. Mm, no, it just shows you where the ball is at. It doesn't help you aim. Yeah, help me aim. No, it shows you where the ball is currently at. Uh, but you can get that. You can replace that. It, it's a power slot 
and you can put other powers into that. I never got another power. Uh, also, you can get one-time powers. Like, uh, you start with one that just stops your ball. So if it's heading towards the hazard, you can hit it and stop it. The game is played entirely with the mouse. Uh, so if you have poor mouse skills, you're done. Poor mouse skills. Um, you better, I had to, did you adjust the sensitivity to get oh, your, I yes. turned mine down to the slowest it can be. Yeah. Because this thing whips around, you're like, ah, trying to control you, it. The, uh, the ball is very floaty. Uh, it is, they do some interesting things with uh, going up ramps in the game where you have to take your paddle and physically push the ball over the ramp because you won't get enough speed otherwise. Yeah. And the ball speeds handle very well. Uh, when you hit a ball and you kind of push your paddle into it, kind of like an air hockey type effect, it will go flying really fast. And you can also kind of ease the ball under your paddle to stop the ball if you need a second to think about where you need to go next. So all that sounds decent, right? No. Here's where the game really falls apart. This this is where it falls apart. The the levels are so huge. And they don't just go vertically. Yeah. They go horizontally just as much as they go vertically. Yeah. But your paddle is still rectangularly shaped. So you have all this surface area on the top and the bottom and just these itty-bitty little nubs on the left and right. To get your ball to go left and right, you can hit it with the little side nubs, but really what they want you to do is bounce the ball up onto a vertical surface and have it angle to go left or right. In some of the levels, the walls are so far away. If you do that, it takes forever for the ball to come back down. And then the the, the, the tediness of the game sets in. Tediness? That's right. Where you just want the game to end. I agree. This was a te- te- what did you say? <laughs> tedious? Te- te- I agree with that part. Uh, it is a very tedious game. It um, is slow paced for the most part. You don't have enough control of your ball to ever feel like you're in control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the levels... Level 1 is very good introduction level. No. Level 2... Uh, it adds a few elements. Level three, it starts to get a little more difficult, but it's only because of trying to get the ball in these itty bitty little spaces. And level, by the time I got to level four, where there's teleporters, which is a neat concept for what they're doing, because you have to teleport and then find your ball and start hitting it again. I was done. I never actually lost all my lives to this game. I just gave up out of frustration. Aaron, what did you think about this? Well, when you switch this game. I was like, I gotta get in here and play this thing quick because we're, you know, eleventh hour. And I sat there and played this. I loaded it up, but I was once I ascertained what this was. Uh huh. I literally was. I have never. This game is appropriately titled. This is the goofiest concept of of all the time. <laughs> a giant paddle, and for you, this game is not a ball and bounce type game. It's more of a like. Make like treat the ball like garbage, like kick it around. <laughs> this is like if you were playing soccer and you couldn't kick the ball more than a, a foot away from your foot, so you just kind of smash it as hard as you can. Go, <laughs> would you just go? Or like, like if you're trying to get rid of your cat or dog, get them out the, of your room, get out of here. They won't go. This ball is a jerk. <laughs> well, the, I mean, it no, just does no. what you tell it to do. The, 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 you're too <laughs> zoomed in. 
Right? Oh, Number absolutely. One. Okay. Yeah. Number two, you now listen. I'm not going to blame the thing for the control because this thing may control great with an Acorn Archimedes mouse, which I'm sure have, are the best. <laughs> what? What do you mean? It, you know they're good. But my mouse, and I, I had decent control, but it's too, it was super duper sensitive. So first, you got to turn this thing down to the lowest sensitivity. Yeah, I went into Windows and just changed my Windows sensitivity of the mouse. <laughs> well, I mean, the game has the, sensitivity. It too. wasn't enough. I had to go even lower. All right, and then uh, when you get in here, you'll notice my first level. You said the first level was good. It's not good. No, it, you, no can, you can they, barely die on it. What they do is you've got this huge level. Yeah, and all then, the levels. And are then huge. you've got like four or five little sections of brick. They're okay. not together. No. There's no bouncing it around. This isn't like a, a, a th 3D virtual uh, arcanoid. This is uh, this is so frustrating to actually get through. It is. To get the ball up to the... <laughs> when you knock out these blocks, you feel like King Dong. You're like, <laughs> I have done it. It takes forever. And it's so frustrating. You got one block up. And the worst... So I roll into level two. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And you get there, and this level has you start in this like corridor. corridor. Yeah. And you and but it's an uphill slug to get your your ball out because there's stairs. Yeah, literally, you have to. It's an upward. So platform. you can't just hit the ball. You've got to like literally punish the ball to get it out these <laughs> you stairs. You have to push it. Yeah. You have to push it real good. That's man. right. And it's not good. This game is not real good because it's not fun. It's not. Listen, it's... are the mechanics or the or the or the uh, geometry or whatever you call it, the gravity is is it is it good? I don't know. It, I mean, it's maybe. Okay. Yeah. But it's just not fun. It's like. It's like they replaced the ball in, in Revenge of Doe. Instead of it's like a tennis ball or a rubber ball, it's like a bowling ball. And instead of having like a nice tight alley like you would bowl in, it's like, let's bowl in, in, a, in a warehouse. And let's put the pins in various corners of the warehouse. And then, hey, here's a thought. Let's put up barriers and stairs. And now go. And you're like, ugh, like a doofus trying to get this. It's no good. I think what we've got here... Is a uh, is a uh, uh, first person pinball sort of affair. If you followed us on the Amigos from way back, here's a concept that someone thought was clever. It does seem like they were thinking out of the box. Yeah, and they did their best with the hardware provided to come up with a game that would foot the bill. And it's just, hey, listen. Sometimes when you do something like that, it don't work, brother. And it didn't work. It didn't work at all. So, so oddball is a dud in well, my opinion. This release. When you, like I said, it was at the end of the cycle for the uh, Archimedes. Yeah, that's what killed it right uh, there. How much do you think this game cost on release? Uh, public domain free. No, I'm sure uh, twenty nine dollars. Nope, this released for nine pounds. Oh well, that's not bad. So you know, I'm not going to say this was a budget title, but they released it really cheap. And since it did release at the end of the life cycle of the Archimedes, uh. They drop the price really fast. Right. So after the first month or two of release, it, it was down to a, a, a five-pound game. And then after that, they were actually releasing it free with magazines. Um, For free? Yeah. It's still not fun, but it's cheap, at least. I think <laughs> the thing is the concept of sort of this roving breakout, there may, there may be something to it. Like, there might be something there. It's just they didn't do a good job. Like if you, here's my thought on this. Think about this for a second. Pretend it's Arkanoid. Okay. This, okay. Now I don't like it. Hold on. I'm just saying. Compared to this, now 
you're, you, you know the view you've got an arachnoid. It's a pretty distant view. You can see the oh, whole yeah. board. Now just whole take board. that take that view uh-huh. and just blow the board up to like ten times the size. Okay, but you're still far off, and the ball is still far. It can bounce far away. That would give you some leeway and some time because again, you're moving into you're moving in all directions. You need time and you need that distance to line up your shots. It's but like playing pinball, and the and the pinball machine, your face is on the glass, and you like, you can't aim. You don't know what the hell's going on, you know. Something that you might might or might not be surprised to hear. This yeah. actually started out as a tech demo, Bam. and someone said, "Hey, that's kind of neat," and then they made a game. So that I mean, you were dead dead perfect on that. That's exactly what happened. You know what would have made this better? Uh, I've got all kinds of ideas. <laughs> All right, keep this. Everything's the same except for one thing. You, you ditch the paddle. That's gone. All right. All right. You zoom out a smidge, okay, and then you make this a trackball game. And you're like Marble Madness, and you're controlling the ball with the trackball. That might be fun. You know what I'm saying? Well, what that you, would be an absolutely different game. No, it'd be a better game. It would be a better Listen, game. Listen, I'm making better games for these guys. Uh, Real quick before you move on, what do you think of the music track in this? Eh. I it, thought it was decent. I it thought it sounded, was fun again. Enough. The music in this sounds just like some in-game music you would find on like the on the media. On, on a, or yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of a demo loop too. Yeah, uh, a you know one of the scene. It was okay. I, you know, I wonder how the I wonder how the demo and audio scene is on the uh, Arc music. I didn't see anything about it. You know, because it seems like it'd be a pretty good demo machine. Uh, if you're looking to pick up Oddball uh, <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you're, it's about 30 bucks, 30 pounds. You're kidding. Um, you could actually find these? Yeah. On eBay? Well, okay. I found them on a storefront, so I didn't click as far as to see if they were actually still available, but the storefront had it listed for 30 pounds. No one's got these. Are you kidding me? Um. So, Oddball, I, I would give it a rating of do not emulate, do not buy, don't oh, play, Oh, no, I think you should absolutely it try it. No, it's, I don't. It's so unique and goofy that you got to try it once and be like, man, because you can't, you can't, like, here we are killing it, right? But you can't fully experience the bizarreness of this and say, trust me, when you fire this thing up and all of a sudden you see where you're at, where the ball and the blocks are at, and you've got free reign, it's just like, it's overwhelming. You know, it's, uh, to hear us kill, it's one thing, but you got to go in there and kick the corpse yourself or it's not the same. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, you're... You're not wrong. All right, so yeah, there it was. Now I will say, as far as it, it comes for you to pick a game, replacement game, I expected nothing less than <laughs> something this this bizarre. Well, let's move on. What did you well, bring to the table? You know, you got on me last time, uh, or, and you've gotten on me a bunch of times for not playing. Like we were just talking about the GameCube earlier when we did the GameCube episode. I picked. Def Jam Fight for New York, right? Not right. a console exclusive, but it's a game I like. Yeah, know? well, I mean... And you gave me the business. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the business. So I thought to myself, hey, let's see if I can have my cake and eat it too and and, and pick a game that I think I might like, but it's unique to the system. And so I think I found something that foots the bill. And also, I think this is a pretty big game. The game is Chocks Away. Chocks Away. Now, do you know what a chalk is, bro? Yeah, it's one of the things you put on the tire, under the tire. That's right. It's a little, it's a little uh, gimmick that keeps the plane from it's a, rolling. It's off. a really tight. It's a really uh, steep ramp that's very heavy that stops things from rolling. That's right. Now, so what is Chocks Away? Well, Chocks Away 
uh, is a uh, World War One uh, flight simulator. Okay. Now, yeah. it was, I mean, arcade flight simulator. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. It's not what I would call. Uh, it sets in the war, but it's not like I would. It's not like Wings or something where it's no, like they get. It's no. nothing like that. But but it is. It is in the same ballpark. So, uh, again, chalks away. Developed uh, by Andrew Hutchings. For the uh, Fourth Dimension, which are the guys that made that made this game. Now I looked into the Fourth Dimension, and wow, that's trippy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. The the Fourth Dimension <coughs> were a big player on the on the Archimedes, a big, Absolutely. a huge player. Uh, they put out a ton of games, including the E Type. Now I came out. I have no um, I have no. Uh, Reference point of reference for these, but I could just look to see what what was popular. They did the E Type series. They did something called Demon's Lair. They did the Real McCoy series. They did the Saloon Cars, the Dungeon White Magic. They did all those. They did something called the Holdout series. They yeah. did a ton of games. They, did, they also did more. Yeah, we should mention that. No, we should. Uh, Andrew Hutchings did a co- uh, uh, what I think were two very popular games in the system. He was he was the uh, he was basically the uh, behind the duo that worked on a game called Starfighter 3000, which apparently is quite good. He also did Stunt Racer 2000. I almost picked both those to be honest with you because they looked pretty cool. But I ended up, I, I, you know me, I, I'm a sucker for games like this, and so I went with it. Now, uh, again, released in 1990, and this is a flight simulator. That is the whole premise. Of this thing was to make it so anyone could use it. Okay, and so they, it's a it's a, in the same with just my kind of flight simulator, dumb guy type flight simulator. You just get in there. There's not a bunch of crazy controls and stuff. It's arcade style. That's right. <clears throat> um, so what is this game? Well, it's it's a bunch of different things. When you when you bring it up, you get an option screen that gives you the choice of one or two players <clears throat> and several different missions. You got missions. You've got practice, and you've got dogfight. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, this thing puts you in the in the uh, role of someone flying a single British Tiger mm. Moth aircraft. All right. Which I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not familiar with this particular aircraft. Now, I looked this thing up on the wiki, and this thing wasn't around apparently in the war in the First World War. So I don't know, but, but <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what's what it is. So uh, I, but I'd never heard of it. So with that, my, my, I'm, it's not like I'm some kind of uh, World War One flying expert, but I, you know, I know a little bit about it, and I, I'd never heard of that one. So what are you doing this? Well, your goal is to take off and do uh, uh, go through a bunch of missions, and a lot of the missions are like uh, go to the airport, blow up everything around the airport, or take down X amount of fighters. It's yeah. you know pretty much the standard fair stuff. What you get with this game, though, that and again, it, it sort of it's sort of like a wings without the storyline stuff. But what you do get from it is the graphics that that uh, we wish we'd have gotten in wings. This thing, one thing that I've learned about the processor in the Archimedes is that when it comes to rendering stuff like uh, a flight simulator, like this thing is is the bomb. I mean, it is smooth as silk and plays great. I played this thing quite a bit. I toured around in a plane. Uh, I even hooked up my joystick for this one, Brandon. You know me. I usually just use a keyboard. And this thing plays great. I really I really thought it moved very smoothly. I thought it uh, uh, it was a lot faster than playing Wings, which is, again, I can't help but compare it 
Uh, and it was a lot faster than Nights in the Sky. And it, it, when you move at a good clip like that, it allows you to do cool stuff. Like I felt like I was a, I felt kind of like a big man when I was driving my plane it, around. It, it was certainly maneuvers that most people weren't doing in <laughs> World War One planes. <laughs> what do you mean? It was very arcadey. Yeah, that's what I want, man. Yeah. That's why I like this. So this thing has a whole host of uh, of cool and interesting stuff in, that that you can do in it. I I managed to thank God for this magazine, so I managed to find some like some. Uh, some ads for it, and they kind of give you the an idea of what you can do in this thing. So, it's got 256 color graphics, right? It's got it's got good sound. I mean, the sound sound it sounds real good. It's okay, yeah. Now we'll get to the two player stuff in, in a minute, but it's got you could have uh, you could have mouse support, you could have mm -hmm. keyboard, and you can it, it supported like it would give you mouse one, two, three, like five. Did you yeah. notice that? I was like, what in the god's name? I don't know how many mice you could have hooked up to this thing. This thing lets you record your flights. Yeah, which, which is real, that that's, was that's really cool. It's uh, you've also got uh, um, varied views, like you did on wings. You can go from the, all the different angles, which is cool. You only want cockpit. Though. Well, I mean, but you know, I mean, you could actually you could actually use the different angles to see where the planes are, if you know, because it, it moves quick. You know, um, the uh, it says in the documentation there's eighteen thousand kilometers. Of map, it, it, when you put all the maps together, right? Which is cool. There are twenty missions, right? You also, as you go in the missions, you can get promoted. So yeah. all the way up to uh, you can get to marshal of the RAF. Yeah, super captain. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> you've got a variety of of enemies. Now this was interesting because the and there's a score element to this. That, again, not part of wings. As you go through this, and, and you're going to come across like uh, not just other airplanes, but you're—I mean—you're going to come across tanks, boats, all the crap around airports, eight uh, like uh, headquarters, uh, anti-aircraft stuff, uh, you know, and tons, Tents, of, yeah. tons of different planes. Structures. I mean, I saw all kinds of focuses I've never even seen before. And when you get right up on the planes, they look really—they look pretty sharp. The colors are kind of odd. But there are like lots of yellows and greens, but I, it looks, I thought it looked really good in terms of the plot. I mean, it, it, got, it, looked, it looked decent, yeah. To be rendered in 3D. You also have a bunch of cool, like, um, like uh, uh, non-war related crap on the ground. Like, if you play like Wings, you really don't have anything on the ground. It just looks like fields. Yeah. This has churches and, you know, buildings and stuff yeah. like that, which is, I mean, that, it means it has something. structures. I yeah. think that's cool. You don't seem impre as impressed as I was about that. No, I, I mean, it, yeah, mm. it had stuff. It did have stuff. I agree. I, that's a good point. Now, so what you've got here is a, is a simple, easy-to-use uh, flight simulator with 20 missions. Not bad. So, but what's the, what's the rub? What's the real cool thing? Well, I mentioned earlier that this thing has two-player support. Now, uh, you can have a you can hook this up via your serial cable if you want to. Mm -hmm. And but you've got two-player support. Now, how does that work? Uh, you've got the ability to dogfight your buddy, yeah. which is cool. But one of the awesome things you can do is do all the missions as a team. Yeah, co-op. Now, I'm dying to try this, and I was hoping we get to do it this week, but my week was a nightmare. I didn't get you to do nothing. I think that would be awesome. I love the idea that you could go on these missions. And the missions are pretty, I mean, the player is pretty large. So I think there'd be enough to do without running into each other. You know what I mean? That looks, 
there something in the bottom of your cup there? No, no, keep going. <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for my turn. Okay. So, but anyway, so you've got this. I, I think you've got a solid game here. I looked around in the in the, uh, uh, in the documentation. It looks like this thing was selling uh, when it was new for twenty four ninety five, twenty four pounds, ninety five pizza. So, so a, pretty, a full purse game. Oh, and also I should mention this saves your high scores, like the did. So it's actually yeah. saves. Which I like. Hey, listen, that, not all the games did that. So this game did well, but did well enough to where it actually got a uh, a, a missions disc. Now this game came on three discs. And then they released another emissions disc. Now the mission, first of all, they released up. They updated the versions of Chalks Away. I know that at least once because there's a version called Mark One, and I know they actually changed some of the stuff in the manual. I, I, that I do know. And then they also released a Mark Two version, which I think actually made some uh, changes to the actual uh, game itself, some like tweaks. All right, so I, I know there are two versions of the original. I don't know how you update it. I don't know. Maybe you didn't. I don't know how that would work. Then you've got the Chalks Away Missions disc. Now, this thing had a pretty beefy manual, and I tried like Gangbusters to find a readable copy, but I couldn't. I saw guys selling it, but I didn't see anybody where I could get it to read it. But it's pretty huge. Uh, and I know one thing this thing also has is when you play it, there's a demo at the beginning. It's like a 90-minute demo of a guy playing this game, and he actually is going through and, and showing you all the different maneuvers. He goes on some of the missions. And, in fact, the video, if you're watching at home, the video I, I made here is of the demo, because this guy's way better than me, and uh, uh, of just him flying around. It's neat, though, of the stuff he, he does in this, and the, also you get a good idea of what the missions are like, too, if you if you uh, are stinky. Although even the first even the first couple missions, even I could get past those. They weren't that tough. So the extra mission discs, you had 20, it came with 26 extra missions. That's a ton. Right, that so is, that, that's yeah. cool. It's a good DLC package. Yeah, yeah. It, it also gave you a, a extra stuff. So you've got, it came with uh, 16 new maps, uh, it came with 20 enemy planes and 20 targets, right, which is pretty awesome. You, uh, It's got the, it had all the stuff that the other one had, you can still view it from any angle and whatnot. And you got new targets to shoot on the ground, uh, car, and you also had like uh, uh, balloons, gunboats, oil tankers, they added a ton of stuff to this thing. So I think that's awesome. And improve the graphics on the DLC. A little bit, yeah. And also they they the new sounds and stuff. But here's the thing mm -hmm. I wanted to get to. If you if you bought this disc, you you were automatically entered to win a super and this is a quote, a superb radio controlled biplane. <laughs> Successful completion of all six reconnaissance missions will allow you to enter the competition. Tally ho, Ginger. That's what it says. What is that? Tally ho, Ginger. Maybe someone from the UK can explain why it's Tally ho, Ginger is written on there. I thought that was kind of weird. So overall, you know, it's funny. This game doesn't have the character of a Wings, or uh, it doesn't have the uh, uh, the the love and attention that you get from, from little cutscenes and Wings. But what this does have is some rip roaring action. Uh, and I think, I mean, you keep looking at me like you don't think I know what I'm talking about. What, what do you think of this? It seems like you're ready to kill it. What's the problem? Nope. This game plays great. Okay. <laughs> it looks decent. Yeah. It does so many things right and one major thing wrong. What? The maps are too big. You spend so much time flying to your objective that it gets boring. Well... You're not you're not totally wrong there. Uh, the I, maps are huge. I mean, I think they're supposed to be realistic, and I think this is one of those games where you can tell the guy that made it probably really liked flight simulators, and so 
Have you ever played one of those things where you like drive, go from like point A to point B, and you just a lot of which is you driving around a plane in in long spaces. This is not as uh, focused as the combat in 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 Wings. At least the the missions I played. I I, I didn't play all the missions. I, I played, played three missions. Yeah, and the first mission was. Uh, Go here and destroy this tank, and if you can destroy this other thing too, that'd be awesome. I was like, cool. So I jumped in the plane. I and I did some practice missions before and some dogfights and stuff to kind of get a feel to how the flight was going to be and everything. Yeah. And uh, so I took off and for my first actual mission, pulled up the map, saw where I was supposed to go, pointed my plane to it, and I was like, okay, cool. And I kept trying to find buttons to make the plane go faster. But you can only go so fast. Yeah, these are these aren't jets. And and it took literally, not figuratively, literally ten minutes for me to get to my target. Okay, that's unacceptable. That is unacceptable because I got there, I got shot down, I died. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and then that's it. I'm gonna have to go back and fly another ten minutes. To get no, so I went on to the next map, thinking, okay, maybe that was just they wanted you to get the feel for the controls, whatever. The second map has two objectives: uh, you go to the enemy airport and take out their uh, air their towers and all their and yeah. support buildings. So yeah. okay, that sounds fun. I yeah, pull up it is the, fun. I pull up in the map; it has you in the middle, and the objectives to the left and right. So I go to the closer objective. It's like eight minutes, and I actually do what I'm supposed to do. I don't get shot down. And then the flight to the other one, I quit after 15 minutes, and I still didn't get there. I don't remember it taking that long. It, no, it took. It absolutely did. And the maps, while there are things on there, that, that, you know, you eventually, you, you have buildings, so you'll have roads, and you'll have uh, uh, vehicles, and you'll have anti-aircraft. It's too spaced out. And there is not enough stuff to do in between going to these mission points. So you just sit there, and, and there's not, you just sit there. There's nothing to do. So when the action is going, and there's stuff on screen, and you're shooting at things, and things are shooting at you, it's fun. It's really exciting. It's really enjoyable. But all of the in-between sections are just so tedious. So tedious. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Well, I'm not going to sit here and say. I mean, I will say you're an idiot, but you're not in this case. You, you, it there is there is that sort of uh, I call it the 2001 syndrome. You know, where there's a lot of just watching your thing fly around without anything actually happen. But uh, I think the combat is, is a lot of fun. It is. It absolutely. And I, and is. I will say the, the detail in this thing is incredible. You, you could actually. I would shoot guys and follow them down. And you could and you could watch them careen in the ground. It was they satisfyingly exploded. Yep. Every bit you know, of that's and true. The planes look different. Yep. You know, the different planes look cool. Landing is not a huge pain. Like it's I, fairly easy. Yeah, to it's do. not too bad. I mean, they made this simple. In fact, the the manual, the part I read said they'd made this for so everyone from children to expert pilots could play this and not and and feel like they're getting their yeah. you know, their money's worth. Well, the it's the controls are very arcadey. I mean, you could do things that. You would never be able to do it in a biplane. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's true. But, I could never do any of this stuff. I'd be puking. Uh, and, and when you shoot, you get this nice steady stream of ammo, yeah. uh, uh, <clears throat> and it feels real good as it impacts one of the targets. It's got good sound and all that stuff. Yeah. 
But uh, I, I man, I don't know. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't play this for a long time. Well, again, I, no. I, I even I turned on my own music <laughs> and and yeah. tried to get pumped up that way. But the 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 space in between action was just it was just too much. Well, I mean, and and the thing is, without the manual, if there was if there was any sort of like time compression, I didn't know what about it. So yeah, I, and I suspect there's not. I uh, wouldn't think so. But I, I I don't think that's something that should drive you away from this one. I think I think it's I think there's a lot there. I didn't get to try the missions disc, but in fact, I did see it out there, so it's definitely out there. I looked up some. Uh, luckily, I found some ads. Of course, these are uh, there are some reviews for this thing. These are mentions that are in the ad, so they're a little bit slanted. But, <laughs> uh, I know for certain, it says here, Chocks Away Mark 1 was awarded Game of the Year in 1990 by Acorn User, A&B Computing, a Risk User, and Micronet. All those gave that Game of the Year 90. This makes me wonder why I've never heard of this game. I mean, that's that. How many how many games win like four or five magazines Game of the Year? Well, I mean, that's not crazy uncommon. That's that, incredible. At least nowadays. It's never happened in the history of man. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. According to Risk User, December ninety, the graphics in this game are superb, smooth. Yeah. With plenty of ground details, this is a real enthralling mm. flight simulator with plenty of variation and features. To ensure longevity. Oh yeah, you're gonna play playing it for a long, long time. <laughs> the magazine archive from January '91 chalks away as a delightful game. That's all I had to say. BBC Acorn user of December '90 chalks away as a brilliant game. It's really a great game. Playability 10, value 10. Says the micro user from January '91. And then uh, the new Computer Express. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Chai, you beat me to it. Chalks away Mark II version. The speed increase obviously makes the game more responsive and fun to play. Well and truly overtaking uh, Interdictor 2. I'll let you try that. The Interdictor. As well as the Archimedes best Archimedes playing game. So this thing was heralded. Uh, the extra missions, I'm not going to go through all these, but it also was heralded. Oh, I mean, there's, and there's plenty here to like. It's just, there's also plenty here to fall asleep while you're playing it. I like this review. How do, how do you improve on a game that left me rushing to my th thesaurus to describe it? Well, those guys at 4th Dimension have delivered the goods once again and have somehow managed to improve on the best flight simulator on our humble Archimedes. That's from the club, A3000, summer of 91. So, yes, the uh, the extra missions discs were heralded. In case you're wondering what this crap costs. Now, get this. There's, I wanted to get to this because this is sort of important. So, you've got, we mentioned Chalks Away, 20, basically 25 pounds. The extra missions discs with the two-player serial link option, 20 pounds. That's not bad for all those missions, right? Now, here you get this. This is the compendium. This is the, a com combination of both games, 40 pounds. This I found interesting here. The Chalks Away Network, the Echonet slash MIDI, I don't know what this even is. It says call for price. So I don't know if you could run some you sort of probably, thing that you yeah. can log people in to uh, to play Chalks Away. That would be kind of neat. I, 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 I kind of dig that. Overall, though, I thought Chalks Away was freaking awesome. It you, was okay. You seem unimpressed. It was okay. But I mean, nothing, aside from the time to get places, you thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah. What did you think about the overall... The, the playability, the menu system, uh, the, 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 the fact that you could, the maneuverability of the plane. I thought, I thought your plane was a little weak. Um, I mean, four or five hits and you're done. And you can take three hits in an instant from anti-air fire. Um, but, I mean, that, it is a World War One plane. They no, were no, stuck together with paper. I, I get that. Uh, Gum, it's string. An, it's an odd 
mix of simulation and arcade, which isn't bad. No. I think it's an okay mix of the two. Um, I mean, I won't play it again though. I will. I really. I, I must have liked this a lot more than you because I thought it was a lot of fun. If you're, and I think this actually shows off the Archimedes. Uh, and power, yeah, in all of its, in all of its not, not, not everything's able to do this. Yeah, back you're in not going to run this on an Amiga 500. No. It's a zero percent chance. We uh, we've got Elite Two to make Frontier until yeah. I said, you know what is also glorious, Brent? Glorious, I tell you. Me? Ah! It's the wheel. Oh, that. Fire that thing up, man. Look, we zoomed in so you get a better look at the wheel. Now, week. what did you add this week, Brent? This week we added. Da, 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 da. Final retail releases. This will be the last game a company made before they <laughs> died. And then uh, for the Retro Rewind, the GameCube. The GameCube. The GameCube. How, that's why we were talking about that earlier. All right, let's get this together here. Let's get it real good and tight. All right, fire it up, man. We want you at home to see the wheel and all the glory. All right, that way a little bit. It's like we're arm wrestling over this thing. And the winner is... Uh, what do we got? Dun, 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 dun. Windows 3XX. Holy smoke. Windows 3XX. Not something known for its for its beautiful games. <laughs> so, I think I'll be playing Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> These are games uh, that would have launched... Not necessarily exclusively, but certainly compatible with Windows 3XX, which for most games are going to be Windows 3.11. So 3 let's make a rule here. All right. These, we can't, because a lot of DOS games will play Windows 3XX. No, 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 no. All right. Yeah. It has to be something specifically made for Windows. Windows yeah. It That'll has be, to be a Windows game. That might be kind of hard. <laughs> Gorilla.bass. Thank you, Buck. <laughs> I'm sad that I know that. So... Uh, any announcements this week? You want to you want to further update us on your merch status? Uh, I canceled my order. Uh, <laughs> uh, this I, is a lot like when me and Boat used to cover Defender of the Crown remake. It's like week after week of failure and ineptitude. No, I I uh, I'm going to pursue other options until some uh. uh why shipping. Did you, why did you cancel the other order just for my own edification? Because it hadn't even shipped. It hadn't even went out the factory yet. I, uh-huh. I, I mean, I know they're having issues over there, so I'm not going to hold them against it. And it's a it's a company that I've worked with before that's very professional. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and produces you, a great product. You canceled the order on them. Well, I, <laughs> you guys are professional. You never treated me bad. You're gone. <laughs> it's it's more of a thing of uh, I'm going to see if I can find. Uh, another location that can do the same thing until calmer waters prevail uh, or the virus runs its course, whichever happens first. Fair enough, fair enough. So uh, if you're interested in going back to our back catalog, Brent, tell the people where they go and what to do. Uh, You can find us at anchor.fm slash ARG Presents. That is the ARG only channel if you are here to hear uh, us and not all of the awesome programming that is on the rest of the Amigos network, which we are also a part of. Oh, yeah. And you can support us through Anchor.fm as well. And I do want to say thank you, John. Uh, Boat of Cora Schaller for our first uh, sponsor there. He is sponsoring us, supporting us through what that means. Also, uh, we have to say thank you to all the Patreons out there for the Amigos Retro Network. Sing it. No. And 
Uh, you think Boat's bad? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say? <laughs> You're no good. I'm going to play rock band. Stick um, to guitar, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I always play bass. Uh, yeah, but I, if you come over to Anchor.fm, join us. We have a, a, all the past episodes on there. Anything you want to look up is just a click away. And if you have a podcast viewer or listener that allows chapters, you can skip straight to the second game review if you're in a hurry or you're looking for a particular game you want to hear about. Like today, for example, since Brent was in the opening game, we just skip right over that that's, one. That's true. You can't. You know who you want to hear. So, yeah, a, a lot of options out there if you want to listen to the show. Yeah, I'll be sure to catch us on YouTube, and also uh, we are on Twitch every Sunday, 9 a.m., in case you missed us. Now, again, our time changed, so this is, this is 9 a.m. in America right now for the Woo! East Coast. There you go. So next week, Brent, Windows 311. This one's going to go down hard, I think. No, oh, I think this will be a good one. Although it'll be a lot easier to emulate. So, it will. <laughs> thanks for joining everybody in the chat. Quick uh, shout-outs to Gunstar here. I might know who that is. Pixel, Pixel of Don Gaming, Buck Owens, Rushi in the house. He kicked out this morning. Uh, who else we got here? We got Geo Slake. We, uh, we've got uh, All Sunny. Yep. <laughs> Duncan Styles. Amiga Bang. The card. He made it so. Retro Gaming Denmark. I've been seeing him around. I hear recently. We got a good. We had a good turnout today. We did. So thanks everybody for coming around. I also want to thank uh, the amazing Duncan Styles for awesome 3D Tron-like graphics. Also want to thank our good buddy the Bark Bit for our closing segment, which you're going to hear shortly. Thanks everybody. We will see you next week for some Windows 3.11 action. Until then, party on! <laughs>